It's Monday, January 12th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today for Motley Fool Funds, Mr. Bill Barker. Happy Monday. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I say happy Monday, although it's it's just kind of cruddy outside. It's it's that 35 degree rain. Did your, that... your kids have school delay today? Yes, two hour delay. Yeah, all over the greater metropolitan Washington D.C. area. Because mm-hmm. I guess it was icy at 6 a.m. Uh, you're being from Maine, completely offended by all of this, aren't you? I'm not offended, but it is it is a very different school experience <laughs> than I had growing up. When it was very rare that school would be canceled, regardless of you know, or delayed, or oh no, it was never delayed. Yeah, this whole delay thing is is all kind of new. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I would love it if people could email us from different parts of the country. We're just uh, like now the grouchy old men, aren't we? Uh, I mean, nobody cares about nobody who tuned into this podcast <laughs> cares. <laughs> Probably not. And we're not we're not breaking new ground here, are we? I don't think we are. Back in our day. But 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 I am I am legitimately uh wondering about the whole 2-hour delay thing. I don't I don't know if that exists in in all other parts of the United States. Maybe in some, but but I, I had never heard of it until I moved here. So let's let's get to the people from Maine. Are you getting two hour <laughs> delays when there's a little bit of weather? Let Chris Hill know. <laughs> Radio at fool.com. Um Today is the start of earnings season. Uh, Alcoa reports after the market closes, and fortunately for Alcoa, they have that going for them. Um, but before we get to an earnings preview, let's let's go with a little bit of the news of the day, which is Tiffany. That's kind of an earnings preview itself. It, it is. Um, Tiffany's came out. Tiffany came out with their holiday sales numbers. Uh, sales in November and December were down one percent, which does not sound like a lot. And yet, the stock is down about eleven percent. And I'm I'm wondering what you think of this because Tiffany is a stock that has beaten the market over the last couple of years. And I'm wondering if part of this is just oh well, look, they've they've been performing well quarter after quarter, and and we have high expectations, or if this is a significant problem for them because certainly if you look at their results. It's not just one region of the world where they're having problems. Sales are slowing down in North America. They have problems overseas. What do you see when you look at their results? Uh, I see some things that we're going to see as a familiar pattern going forward uh, as earnings season goes along. One is, if people are getting a break from oil, which we'll talk about, they're not Going to translate that into Tiffany's, um, you know, purchases. <laughs> they are going to translate that into a lot of other uh, lower cost items and places that can benefit from a few dollars more in somebody's pocket, uh, or you know, a few hundred over the course of the year uh, are, are going to see some nice improvements. And, and Tiffany's is is in a different category. And you're also going to see that a large chunk of this came from uh, currency translations, uh, currency effects, the sales. Uh, in Europe and in Japan and and in Asia, uh, while improving in some of those regions and even improving uh, reasonably nicely in in Asia, uh, in all respects, the the translation effect, especially for Japan, which is a a big market for them, um, really, really has impacted results. And so, you're going to see an ongoing 
thing this quarter where a lot of companies are making apologies uh, on the basis of, hey, the sales globally, when you when you get to look at them in their original currency, were fine, but when you translate that back to dollars, there's a problem. That is kind of the double-edged sword of the strong dollar, isn't it? Because it seems like, as a, in general, we would we as investors in the United States would prefer the dollar to be strong. But if you're buying shares of companies that are doing a lot of business overseas, the strong dollar can come back to haunt you a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, think when you've got a strong dollar, let's let's go travel to Europe because everything's cheaper. Well, I mean, the prices are the same in Europe; they're just cheaper in dollars. So if they're selling just as many Tiffany diamond rings in Europe and sending that back to the the home team in in dollars, it's it's fewer dollars. Fewer dollars are necessary to enjoy yourself in Europe, whether you're traveling there uh, today or, or whether you're there all the time as European. So uh, that is going to be a problem for the profits of, of companies that have large chunks of their operations uh, outside of these shores. Do you look at what's happening with Tiffany's stock today, down 11% or so, as a buying opportunity for someone who looks at Tiffany and says, well, wait a minute, this is a company that generally is a strong performer, a steady performer in terms of their business operations. And yes, the dollar is strong, but as you said, particularly in Europe, the sales themselves were were good sales numbers. It's just that they were hurt by the currency translation. Is this a buying up? Yeah, I mean, it's if you're looking at the next five to ten years and you're thinking, well, how do the demographics look for Tiffany's? Are there going to be more rich people or at least upper middle class people? Yes, I think is the answer to that, and they are going to be located in many of the areas where Tiffany's operates. Uh, it's it's not priced as a, as a bargain right now. It has, as you have mentioned, been a very well-performing stock for a number of years. And when even a reasonably small piece of bad news crops up, as it has here, uh, it's, it's going to hit the stock of you know something which has had a, a pretty smooth ride up. Uh, they did take a hit at one point last year and rebounded pretty nicely from that. Uh, but this is a stock that's up you know, over the last five years, um, you know, it's it's nearly had nearly tripled over five years. So, uh, look at today as a little bit of a blip. Maybe it's a buying opportunity if you're going to be uh, invested for five years or so, uh, because I think the demographics work out okay. This is a well-run company, uh, but it, it's still still not what you would call a bargain. Just down eleven percent. With the kickoff of earnings season, in your work uh, at Motley Fool Funds, you uh, work on the Great America Fund, looking at U.S. companies. What are you thinking going into this earnings season? Is there a particular industry you're focused on? Are there individual companies where you're, where you've got particular expectations, either high or low? Uh, I got low expectations for the energy companies. <laughs> If people tuned in to get some insight, I guess I didn't provide any there, but uh, to answer the question. Do you think there's anyone who has really high expectations for the energy company? For this podcast? Not at, the, <laughs> not at this point. But in general? No, nobody's got high expectations for, for the earnings report of energy companies. They're looking at the stocks and trying to calculate whether this is the bottom, right? Uh, at some point, they will reach the bottom. Uh, oil has not yet reached a bottom, as far as we know. Uh, it, it keeps going down, down again today. So, I think the guidance is going to be, 
oil companies, energy services companies are going to be providing some number for what their quarter was, which is not going to be of great import. The stocks are already, in many cases, cut in half or more. Uh, it's going to be more whether they can explain how their capital allocation is going to uh, look uh, in terms of different oil prices, whether they have any insight on what the oil prices might be. I don't know that they really can have that, but they are going to need to be able to present a, a competent story about how they plan to operate in this new environment. When you look at the retail industry, and that's going to be better. Well, I was just going to say we we've seen some mixed results over the last couple of weeks. Certainly, Tiffany is is a a very specific type of retailer, but it does seem like general retail is doing better. And should we should we bump up our expectations for the likes of of general retailers, Costco, Target, etc.? Yeah, Costco reported its monthly numbers, uh, sales numbers, not its earnings numbers, but the sales numbers. Uh, uh, last week, and they looked very good. Uh, Costco benefits from lower oil prices in a sense. They they have a large gasoline operation, so they break out what the effect, and they always have done this, so this isn't anything new, uh, break out what the, the effect of gas prices is on their total sales. Uh, and if they're spending less at the pump, they can spend more inside, so it's kind of a wash. They're spending Plenty of money at, at Costco, and and it's not so much a margin story there. But uh, I think that other places, Walmart, uh, you're going to see plenty of operations that have increased sales uh, because of lower oil prices, and and also some other discretionary things, soft lines, uh, clothing. I think probably could benefit, but th- that's going to be more dominated by what people did with their holiday shopping. So. Uh, I think, in general, consumer discretionary is going to be able to say things look pretty good. They've also uh, got the comparison for the you know the guidance going forward is always more important than what is the number you hit. Um, the quarter is already over that you're reporting, and if you're adjusting your expectations for the future up, that's what really sends something higher. That was the the case with Tiffany's today as well, uh, adjusting its. Uh, total numbers for the year only down five to ten cents a share, and and you can see that the stock itself is down twelve dollars a share. So it, it, people extrapolate maybe in this case a little bit too much for Tiffany's, but lower, uh, you know, things that are aimed at a lower uh, income demographic or than Tiffany's, which is almost everything, uh, are going to have a better story. In a sense, though, it's a little. How do I put this? I I feel like there's probably, and rightfully so, a little bit more pressure on management when it comes to these discretionary type of businesses you talk about, whether it's retail or restaurants. And and in particular, I'm thinking about restaurants because the table is set, no pun intended, for a good quarter, for good results. Particularly mm-hmm. when you, you know, we've and we've seen CEOs come out, uh, CEOs of Darden restaurants and others talk about the benefit of low gas prices. And it seems like the conditions are right for these restaurants and and other discretionary type of businesses to do well, and therefore, if they don't put up some some good numbers, some good results, isn't it perfectly legitimate for analysts to sort of whack them and say, "Well, wait a minute, what what is the problem?" Unless yeah. we have another sort of significant polar vortex 
blizzard blanketing half the country, these businesses are ripe for a good quarter. Yeah, there there are very few excuses available right now. The jobs numbers are going up. More people are employed. Uh, you know, they have more discretionary spend because of oil prices. Weather has not been a problem yet. The coming quarter compares to last year when when weather was a problem. We can mock uh, uh, the silly people that you've moved <laughs> toward uh, from your your main days uh, as as being unable to drive in this in this weather. I mean, there's there wasn't a lot of ice out there, but ice is dangerous. But people were really snowed in last year. Uh, there were some right. snows in in our area where you just weren't getting the car out and driving and and a place like. Chipotle or a place that has to make sales on that day doesn't, you know, people might buy a car later if they couldn't get out and that weekend buy a car. That, that translates into a, a later sale, but there are plenty of places in the discretionary space just lost days of sales. And this this year, uh, we don't know what the weather is going to be like for the whole quarter, but it hasn't gotten off to too tough a start. Uh, so I think that both the, the quarter passed for consumer discretionary and the guidance for you know, this coming quarter, which will not incorporate a weather prediction, but is going to compare to last year's tough weather, uh, which is a known factor. It's really, it is, as you say, a time when if they can't tell a good story and provide good guidance, they're going to, rightfully so, going to be interpreted as not getting the job done. Yeah, I think this, depending on how companies perform, this could be a particularly entertaining quarter for analyst conference calls. Now, I mean, something like Alcoa, which is affected by you know global macroeconomics, growth in uh, China, things like that, are, are going to have that story to tell. So, I mean, the more that somebody is getting their money from outside of this country, uh, they are not going to have as easy a time of it. One, they're getting that currency effect, and and two, you know, Europe. Japan, Europe more than Japan, look weak uh, right now, and, and China as well. So, you know, Alcoa has got operations all over the place. They're affected by a lot of different economies, and they'll. This is why they are considered somewhat of a bellwether, and they're just leading off. Well, having the ticker symbol AA also right, that op, the grand the grand council determined a long time ago that they have to start because of their even when uh, they got uh, escorted out of the Dow Jones Industrial Index and said you're no longer a Dow 30 company they still still have to lead off earnings season until you change your ticker exactly uh, before we wrap up give me one company that uh, I thought we were going to talk football before oh we can do are we, we talk are we we don't have to. Yeah, but we'll talk football in a second. Let's, and that way, people, people can people start can just tune out. out. Yeah, people can just say, "Okay, they're going to talk football for a couple of minutes." I'll turn this off. Give me one company that you think really needs a hit this quarter. I know we take the long view when it comes to businesses, but there are companies that uh, need to start off 2015 with a hit. Uh, give me one company that's on your radar that you think Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, I mean, if Amazon. Needs something, right? Uh, as as a stock, anyway. Uh, if their uh, numbers don't come in uh, meeting expectations, they've they've had a tough time as a stock lately because they are not translating their massive sales into massive profits uh, as as part of their strategy. Uh, but if for some reason something's eating away at at that sales growth, that would be a problem. 
Last night was a good night for Amazon with the Golden Globe Awards. Yes, they, they had a couple of a couple of wins and and people. Did you watch the whole thing? I watched the whole thing. Yes, and. I was reminded during the broadcast of how few movies I've actually, how few <laughs> movies aimed at adults I've actually seen. And and why is that? I mean, because you're watching more TV, maybe. Uh, probably, yeah. And not not broadcast TV. Not broadcast TV. No. So more good, ca- so good for Amazon. I mean, you're you Amazon Prime, Amazon user. Prime, and Netflix as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, I, I was much more familiar with the television shows that were nominated for different awards. Because they're better too, I think. It really is a great time for television, um, and I, I and I have to assume it's a great time for creative people in the industry because while they may not be hauling in vast sums of money, I have to believe that the cr- creative freedom they are afforded. Uh, Helps make up for that, you know. As long as they're not addressing North Korea, yes, as long, <laughs> exactly. Um, a point which was brought up frequently on the Golden Globe. That was brought up a few times. Know. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and yes, and well done by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Uh, all right, so before we wrap up, football, football. Uh, as a Patriots fan, I'm pleased that they're advancing to the conference finals. But uh, we were talking earlier today. The uh, if 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 gambling were legal and one were to partake in that, uh, the Vegas odds makers have already come out with their line for the Seattle Green Bay game. Green Bay going to Seattle. Seattle defending Super Bowl champs, home field advantage, and Seattle at at this moment is installed as a seven and a half point favorite. And I said to you, I, I hypothetically, at, hypothetically, I said I would hypothetically be very comfortable putting some money on that because I just think Seattle is playing such great football. Now, hypothetically, so. I asked how much because <laughs> I, I actually before I, that you said <laughs> I would happily take the other side of that and therefore your money. Theoretically, yeah, um, we didn't actually bet. Because that would be. Did you watch the games? Because you were saying earlier you don't really watch college football, but I'm assuming yeah. you watch some of the the pro football. I, you know, I watch some of the pro football, but I missed a substantial amount of football yesterday because I had to drive out half an hour to go watch my sixth graders basketball game, which uh, actually was canceled. So. <laughs> It was, and then I had to drive somebody home. So that was about an hour and a half of total driving that was taken away from watching the uh, uh, the late game yesterday. All right, but did you see any of Seattle? I mean, Seattle was just, was just so dominant in their win, and Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for Green Bay, is banged up. I just, I understand the line, yep. and and I I think that there are a lot of ways to cover seven and a half. That's what I like about it, uh, and the Green Bay is a team. Uh, which is is fully capable of, uh, you know, scoring plenty of points. Uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't. It would be nice for him to be mobile. Um, <laughs> it would be great, <laughs> and, and I think that uh, it's it's something that uh, they they hope will improve over the course of the week. But I, I like the chances of them covering. Well, depending on what happens with this line, hypothetically, allegedly, we may have to revisit this bet in, in person <laughs> on Friday. Allegedly, thanks for being here. Thank you. See, and any listeners who thought, oh, well, they'll get back to investing. Nope, we weren't kidding when we said we were going to talk about <laughs> football for the last couple of minutes. Any investors that have actually listened to the two of us on this podcast were probably impressed that we talked about investing as long as we did today. 
impressed. Not me. impressed. Surprised. Uh, yeah, pleasantly surprised. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. It's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.